This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. We brought you the news. Printed the info, we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Changing market now threatens our lives. Post literation, critical reading, dumb down nation signs have been breeding. TV sucking ideas from our hands. Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing. My name is Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy.org. A daily podcast of news, events, happenings in the lower Naugatuck Valley, especially underground in the sewers. For some sewer talk today, I bring on repeat guest, a mentor of sorts to the Valley Independent Sentinel, the executive director of the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments, by phone, from his palatial estate in the city of Derby, Mr. Rick Dunn. Good morning, Rick. Nice to be with you today, Eugene. You can just hear all your professional credibility being chipped away by appearing on this podcast. I apologize. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Happy so, to do it. So we're talking, there is a meeting coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, December 11th. I'm going to read the blurb sent out by Rick's organization last week. Regional Wastewater Treatment Consolidation Study Workshop, Tuesday, December 11th. It'll outline the needed upgrades for Naugatuck Valley wastewater treatment plants. Uh, Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments will hold the second stakeholder workshop for the Regional Wastewater Treatment Consolidation Study on December 11th, 1 p.m., Norma Drummer Room, Seymour Town Hall. That's at 1 First Street in Seymour. The meeting is open to the public. So I guess as just a primer here, Rick, what is the Regional Wastewater Treatment Consolidation Study, and how does it affect the average Joe living in the Valley? So uh, the goal of the study is to take a look at uh, uh, the five communities that voluntarily came together to uh, review options for regionalization that would lower cost and lower user fees for both residents and commercial businesses over time. Um, so we're in the first phase of the study, uh, which is developing a base case uh, against which to, uh, to measure um, various options and alternatives uh, for the future. Um, so I know, like, I, in terms of uh, the city of Derby is uh, the city I'm most familiar with because I cover it and mm-hmm. live in it, and the uh, WPCA there over the years, over the last decade, has been a major uh, cost and issue 
in the city. Uh, do you find or have you found or is there anecdotal evidence suggesting that, yeah, these WPCAs are costing more and more money for these small towns and communities? Well, the, so the fundamental problem is that we don't put away money and invest money in infrastructure across the board. This is not just uh, specific to wastewater. Um, if something is not immediately broken in front of us, we don't appropriate dollars to invest in it. Um, you know, I, I spent some of my early years volunteering in government on the tax board in Derby. And, uh, you know, unless something immediately needs dollars, it drops down the list. And the same is true of WPCA boards if, if they have jurisdiction over, over wastewater. You try not to raise the fees. You try not to make it more expensive to live in a community. Um, and But what that leads to is a, is a lack of investment in the infrastructure. And then as that infrastructure begins to crash, um, it becomes radically expensive to upgrade it and to meet the regulatory criteria uh, for discharging wastewater back into our water courses. And I assume so, that an example of that could be, and I don't mean to put words into your mouth, but now in the city of Derby, they, are, they passed, or we passed as citizens, we voted for a $31 million sewer project, which is currently underway, uh, but it's costing us an additional, if you're a single-family homeowner in the city of Derby, $256 a year. It's, it's expensive. But is that is that sort of the example of uh, what you're talking so, about? So it's it's not specific to Derby. Um, all of our communities uh, are facing some form of this, and it's only going to get more expensive in the future. Um, you know, of the five communities that we're looking at, uh, from Naugatuck down to Derby, so that's Naugatuck, Beacon Falls, Seymour, Ansonia, and Derby. Um, Naugatuck and Beacon Falls have no sewer use fee. It's part of their local tax base. Hmm. Um, Ansonia, Derby, and Seymour have a separate WPCA that charges a separated fee for the service. Now, it doesn't mean that, that communities don't pay. I mean, revenue has to be raised one way or another in all of these communities to pay for the system. Um, but but it's important. I, I think what people are going to find out tomorrow uh, are, are a couple of things. So what we're looking at is what's the base case for each community so that we can me have something to measure against, an apples-to-apples -apples comparison, uh, bringing each community's individual uh, plant, so we refer to the facility, the plant, and then the collection system, which people forget about. Um, which is the pump stations and the pipes all, all over the community that feed uh, the, the untreated sewage to the plant before it's discharged. Um, so those are, those are the two major components. And while towns generally do a better job of keeping the plant closer to up-to-date, um, they generally do a less good job at keeping the uh, the piping uh, and that part of the, the collection system part up to date. So what we're doing is we're, our, our consultant is determining what's the cost of maintaining each individual plant in condition to be in compliance with regulations and to be in good condition to be operating through 2040. 
um, and we're putting numbers on those. Uh, so our consultant will put a number on those. And the numbers won't be available tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the conditions. We'll have a number for, you know, region-wide, uh, how much money we're talking order of magnitude for all five plants, all five collection systems. And let me, just, probably- let me just interrupt because sure, I want to make sure I'm following you correctly. You're saying sure. you're going to give an update tomorrow on the current condition of every plan. I mean, sorry, every facility, every wastewater treatment plant. Um, and what'll keep to keep it up and running up through 2040? Is that correct? How, how much will, how much will it cost to keep each plant and collection system in each of the five communities in good operating condition gotcha. and compliance through 2040? Um, and the the cost of those numbers that that sets a level base for each of those. Uh, plants to operate and those systems to operate individually okay. and, puts a, and we'll put a cost on that. Um, then we can, we're, we're going to uh, start to wade through what's called the long list of alternatives uh, for regionalization options. So there are about 24 of those. There are actually 12 options. I think there are 24 when you get into all the A, B, and C options. Um, but there'll be about 24, a list of about 24 different alternatives that will uh, be revealed tomorrow to the to the communities and the, we'll, the Arkansas will start to discuss with the town uh, representatives. Um, the idea would be to get that that long list of alternatives down to a short list, probably no more than four or five alternatives, um, although we have, may have multiple preferred alternatives in this case, um, and then be able to cost compare the some of the various regionalization alternatives versus the costs to each individual community of going it alone going forward um, yes the, the maintaining the status quo versus these alternative options well we've got to be careful about status quo because status quo has been a lack of investment we're right. not gauging it based upon not investing in the plants um and the collection systems we're gauging it based upon what the way they should be invested in um, and then, you know, I think there are some surprises. Uh, we don't have the final numbers. Our consultants don't yet. Um, we're, we're going with the draft reports for tomorrow's workshop. We're, we're going to focus in on the actual condition assessments and needs of the plants and collection systems. We plan to publish these reports uh, probably in January. And when they're published, we'll have the, uh, we'll have the uh, appendices, which will have the individual costings for each of the individual systems. And who uh, makes the decision, ultimately, who makes the decision as to whether to uh, pursue an alternative or regionalize, regionalize, whatever that word is, in some way? It's early in the morning. I'm sorry. I haven't had my coffee. That's okay. But, well, uh, the, I mean, the towns would make, uh, each individual community would have to make that decision for themselves, and there will be uh, pluses and minuses that would weigh differently for each community. Um, I can tell you, for instance, um, you know, there, there are some communities who have, uh, not that they've invested uh, more actively in their systems, but in fact, they have a system that's not nearly as old. You know, uh, Derby, Ansonia, uh, Naugatuck, to a lesser extent, Seymour, have collection systems. You know, some of the sewer pipe out there is 100 years old. Mm. Um, some of the newer sewer pipe is concrete, which is uh, really not good pipe. We don't, you know, we use plastics now, PVC. I, I don't know specifically the type of plastics. I'm not a, a sewage engineer. But um, uh, 
They're using better you know, stuff. Maybe as evidenced by... Pipe. We don't put concrete pipe under the ground anymore because it deteriorates quickly. Is that what's going um, on on Wakely Avenue right now by any chance? I know they have a... Um, you're not yeah, sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Okay. I, so I don't have firsthand knowledge don't of worry. whether that's sanitary or uh, stormwater going okay. on over there. Uh, but, uh, but, but that's an example of the types of things that over the years having separate authorities, um, not having, having separate responsibilities. Um, you know, when we do road projects and we open up roads, we encourage WPCAs to go in and replace pipe if they have the responsibility for the pipe. We, we encourage all utilities to do that work. You know, we want the gas company to go in and replace their pipe if it's, if it's due when we're, when, you know, when the government's digging up and replacing a road. Mm. Um, and that often doesn't happen. So we, you know, you can end up in situations where a brand new road gets dug up because uh, a pipe burst underneath it. Um, you know, uh, so so we try and avoid those 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 cases. But as I as I was saying, there are communities who have newer systems, so they don't have as many problems. We want to see them begin investing in the maintenance of that collection system at a greater rate. Uh, and they should be investing at a greater rate than they are currently, um, because if they don't, then they're going to end up in the same trap that the older communities with older systems are already in, mm-hmm. where they didn't invest for a long period of time, and now they have uh, crumbling conditions underground. You know, winding back to, to your initial question about Derby, I mean, yeah, Derby passed, uh, I think Jack Walsh told me, the largest bond referendum. Uh, in the city's history, right? Right, and yeah. uh, they, um, you know, they're replacing pipe and pump stations. Ten million dollars for just that Route Thirty Four uh, near Cemetery Avenue alone, I right. believe. The, and the, and that has nothing to do with the plant. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. People should realize that all that money that's being spent in Derby, that's not bringing the uh, the main facility. <laughs> right. uh, it's that's still kind of held together with scotch tape, duct tape, and prayers. Yeah, I mean, I, what what will be discussed tomorrow, you know, order of magnitude across the five plants, um, for all five plants combined, the the residents and the businesses in the five towns are facing improvements uh, to plants somewhere in the neighborhood of in excess of $200 million, um, uh, improvements to the collection systems somewhere in excess of $20, 25000000 million, Um and uh, you know, annual investment in that in those plants and collection systems should be probably in the three million dollar range, and it's all of those are substantially less today, um, if 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 they exist at all. So the towns, uh, it, you know, on its face, it lo- and that's the reason we're undertaking the study. On its face, it looks like the go it alone strategy is not going to work for everyone. In the future, it's not working for some of them now, um, and you know we don't we don't think it's going to work for all communities going forward in the future. If there's so, some type of like consolidation right. or regionalization, does that open up uh, an avenue for more federal dollars to come in and, and help some of these communities out? Because it does seem it always seemed ridiculous to me that as Derby residents in our small city, in a you know high poverty rates. Uh, we're paying $400 a year for a basic service, then $256 a year on top of that to fix the collection system and make some minor repairs to the main facility. Right. So is there any chance for, if, if like you team together, you 
get more bang sure. for your buck? Well, well, I mean, that's that's exactly what we're looking at, and that's exactly what we're trying to identify. Um, generally speaking, though, uh, the the you know the principles at work here on of economy of scale, um, they don't necessarily uh, disappear just because it's a government service um, or a public utility. <laughs> Um, there, there should be, we're, we're going to look at several different options here. So we'll, we'll look at actually physically connecting some plants or eliminating some plants and see, uh, to see if that generates a savings. We will look at operational, uh, uh, alignments and consolidations to see if that generates a savings. And then we'll, we'll just look at a governance and administrative al- alignment of, of the towns to see if that generates a savings. You know, it may just be that, uh, uh, although I doubt if, you know, if we're going to build a system today, we wouldn't be building, I think there are seven plants from uh, along Naugatuck River down to the confluence of the two rivers. If you were building a wastewater treatment uh, system for those communities today, you wouldn't build seven plants. You know, it, it would have been a more thoughtful design uh, and done differently. Um, if we have an opportunity to combine some of those, you know, operating as a single regional authority might make some sense. We're going to look at that in, as part of the study. That'll be in phase two once we once we uh, have an apples to apples comparison of of infrastructure issues and costs. And when do you then think? When, when do you think the uh, you'll, you'll publish, you know, you'll whittle down all these alternatives and you'll compare uh, going it alone versus one of these four alternatives? What kind of time frame are we talking? Is it a couple of years away or? Yeah, yeah, we're 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 going to finish up the uh, cost comparisons early, you know, just after the first of the year as part of this first phase study. Um, we're then going to uh, get dig deep into the short list of alternatives. Once once we take the long list to the short list over the course of the following six months into 2019, um, we'll we'll be able to do real comparisons uh, between the uh, short list of alternatives and the the, uh, existing go-it-alone strategies. And then we'll we'll also at the same time be looking at governance and administrative strategies. So, you know, my plan is that it's probably going to be end of 2019 first quarter of 2020, we should be able to uh, uh, publish a final report for consideration by the towns. And this is being, the study is being paid for by a state grant, if Mm -hmm. memory recalls. How much, do you remember like roughly how much the grant was? Roughly 1.3 million um, off the top of my head. I don't have numbers in front of me, but I think that's it. And Um, and basically, the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments is uh, uh, administering the grant. Is that, is that the... Mm-hmm. Right. For yeah, it, this is, comes from the re, what was called the Regional Performance Incentive Program. Um, so we're uh, COGS are the eligible entities for that those programmatic funds. We applied in a competitive round to the Office of Policy and Management, proposing to study consolidation of wastewater treatment facilities, and we were awarded the grant. Um, so. Uh, that's, that's that's what that. we're operating under right now, um, and we've broken it into two phases. Uh, and uh, once we get through this this first phase, um, then we'll uh, we actually have to go to OPM. OPM has to approve us for the second phase of the study. I, I don't want to skip over that. They have to review it and see value. Uh, we're going to spend about four hundred thousand dollars in phase one, um, and then. If they see value in the phase one assessment work, uh, they'll 
approve us to go ahead and spend the balance of the grant on phase two. Um, gotcha. So we're, so we're going to check in, you know, at about a halfway point and about a third of the way through the money to make sure that we're on, we're on track and we've got something viable here before we go ahead and spend it all. And so that meeting um, again is tomorrow, 1 p.m., Seymour Town Hall, home of uh, First Selectman Kurt Miller, of course. <laughs> Swing by Tritown Plaza, take some photos if you want. Can I ask you about two other areas of interest uh, locally that uh, Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments is involved with, the uh, Route 34 project and the school co- consolidation study for Ansonia Derby? Sure, why not? All right, hold on. We're going to take a break for, uh, to hear from our sponsor, valleygivesback.org. Hey, this is Eugene, most likely interrupting myself to bring you a word from our sponsor, valleygivesback.org. What will you be remembered for? Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. Making a gift that costs nothing during your lifetime is easy and revocable if things change. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action inspires others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now. Give later. Impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. All right. Hey, we're back. That was magical. Thanks for staying with us, Mr. Dunn. But uh, Route 34, I saw the mayor, uh, that's Main Street. There's a widening project, long-planned widening project. Uh, from roughly uh, the Derby Shelton Bridge down to Home Depot uh, in Derby. The mayor had posted on his Facebook page, uh, a building came down a couple of weeks ago, the one right on Main Street, a small building there. Uh, Calvert mm-hmm. Safe and Lock, their former home, was taken down, and they moved up to up the road, Roosevelt Drive there. And then there were mm-hmm. some test borings happening. So it, it, this is moving along correct what's the latest what oh, what sure. news can you break on the route well, 34 widening no, no no breaking news um unfortunately uh so where we're at is that we're we're still on schedule for 2019 um the uh, you know the the schedule is not formally pushed back yet but as we get into the utility work utility design work um and the delays with the demolition work uh, that have been going on, um, you know, we're losing weeks or months. But uh, why is that no, delayed? It, What's going on with the demo that's delaying, like the former Alloa Tile uh, building? Uh, uh, to- honestly, uh, it's. <laughs> I hate to give this as my standard answer. Uh, insurance and uh, and uh, insurance companies and lawyers. I like to blame them for everything. Um, you know, we're at the point where demolition companies and engineers have to sign off on the demolition of buildings where there are tunnels and raceways and voids underneath the actual buildings and roadway. So before an engineer and their uh, insurance, uh, their own insurance company are going to sign off on a method for taking down a building, uh, everybody wants someone else to sign off. And it's kind of been a circular runaround with uh, some of these some of these engineering companies. So and, those buildings uh, should have been companies. those buildings should have been down by now. Is that? Correct? I'm not an engineer, so I, you know I can't. But I mean, in terms of the previous and, timeline, what was the was I, the I, hope I, that they'd be down by now? By the oh, they should look. I find it hard to believe that it's been this difficult a decision to sign off on a demolition 
Um, and I'm not blaming, honestly, I'm not blaming DOT either. Um, you know, these are, these are private engineering firms who have to risk their own, uh, mm-hmm. you know, errors and omissions insurance policies, kind of like malpractice for engineers. So they're always very worried about that. And, uh, Unless someone is covering each other or covering them for liability or covering the contractor for something that could go wrong during the demolition itself, it seems kind of ridiculous to all of us who are laypersons in this. Um, However, that is what the delay has been with these last four buildings. Um, They were originally in the last, they were in the original demolition contract with, uh, with the Calvert building and the, the, and the uh, Litsky building. Um, and uh, they got pulled out. And what are the four buildings? Uh, the ones from Factory Street, between Factory and uh, Caroline on the south side of Maine. Gotcha. Okay. So, but, uh, but, the, but the utility work that's going forward, um, there are about 200 test pits that have to be dug as part of the utility work. Um, and the, the administration is, is working closely with both DECD and uh, DOT, and my agency to to work to uh, keep the uh, uh, utilities in alignment and the roadway on the south side in alignment so that everything works out for the city's economic development plans as well as the roadway plans. They're trying to keep everything coordinated. No one wants to take one step forward and two steps back with construction work. And then on Um, top of all that, you also have a developer interested in uh, uh, redeveloping the former Housatonic, is that what the Housatonic city does? Number? I don't. I work for the region. Wait, well, <laughs> yeah. When I said you, well, I just meant all right. We, we, the royal we, <laughs> the populace of Derby and its governing officials. There is a developer yeah. who's trying to get in there too. I don't know if he's submitted he or she. I don't know uh, if they've submitted formal plans to the Derby P and Z yet. But there's a lot going on down there. And how about the school mm-hmm. regionalization committee? What's the Naugatuck Valley Council of Governments? Uh, involvement in that is it are you just sort of a pass through uh, for a grant that pays for this consultant or are you actively so we, following that or yeah so we're, we're the administrator for the grant uh, for the temporary regional school study committee that was formed by the towns um, we slog through a lot of legalese and again insurance requirements uh, I think we're signing a contract with the consultant um, uh, that was chosen by the uh, school study committee uh, this week. Um, I have not signed it yet, so I know it's not signed, um, but uh, we'll be contracting this week. I, I think they're planning to get underway in the next uh, couple of weeks with that. And uh, But there's a there will be a document that will be available with a scope of services, all the tasks and the deliverables um, that should be available in the next week or so, I would say. Nice. So you guys are busy design. up there. You, it seems like, are you busier now than uh, you were in the previous uh, in, incarnation of sure. the organization? Well, that was the intention. The intention yeah. was to, was to uh, um, uh, bring together more resources so that we could do more work on behalf of our 19 communities uh, as opposed to what we were able to do for just four communities previously but uh, honestly the the old valley cog was um more active in regard to these types of regional activities regional service activities as opposed to plan j- strictly planning activities mm-hmm. um but uh yeah no we're we're uh, we're pretty busy um you know all of these fit very well uh we're, we're very hopeful you had asked me earlier about uh um if this lined up the cities for more funding or faster funding, not necessarily federal funding, uh, particularly on the wastewater, 
um, because uh, there's less and less of that, particularly clean water funds right now. But um, our hope is, again, with the wastewater, is, is that uh, moving uh, to a regional setup where there will be a savings, not just for the local ratepayers, but for the state where the state subsidizes a great portion of the long-term debt for these facilities. Um, if we can create savings for the state, if we can create savings for the Clean Water Fund, and if we can create savings for the local ratepayers, uh, particularly with the new uh, uh, identified uh, regionalization initiatives coming out of the Lamont administration, um, I think that uh, we could be well-positioned and uh, ahead of the curve. Uh, in the new administration for lining up our region for, for new dollars uh, and earlier dollars on regional solutions, as long as the communities are willing to take these on. It, you know, if, if communities want to go it alone, they're, they're more than welcome to, but I, I think in the long term, they're going to end up spending more money for less service. Mm. All right. On that note, Rick Dunn, I know you have a busy day ahead of you. I want to take, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to talk to me about uh, wastewater and sewers and <laughs> pipes and regionalization of all kinds. I, I really appreciate your time. Anytime, Eugene. Thank you for yours. For hundreds of years, we brought you the news. For the info, we gave you the clues. Dumb damnation signs have been breeding. TV sucking ideas from our head.